You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Got a text right before we, we started recording. I'm sure by the time the episode posts on Wednesday overnight and you are listening to it on your ride to work or whenever you do listen to this show on demand, anywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com is at this press conference on Thursday, we'll announce Chris Getz as the head of everything in there, all the baseball decision-making. He's going to be the guy, the singular voice. And Ed, I, I have very, very... I have bad feelings about it, and I'm trying to find good feelings about it because they should have gone outside of the organization, and instead they didn't do that. And I feel like there's so many systemic problems with the White Sox. Just keep somebody that was already in the building whose minor league system was at the bottom until they made those trades and brought people in who, when we've been having problems with development and structure, you have to convince me that somehow Chris Getz was the guy in the room saying we need to do all these things and Kenny and Rick were laughing evilly and telling him, no, we're not going to do it. And he's all of a sudden going to be this voice that was silenced that's going to do something different. Yeah, It's entirely possible, okay? That That is an entirely possible thing, right? You think about Rick Hahn falling in love with prospects and wanting them in the majors as quickly as possible and really not giving a guy like Andrew Vaughn time to develop. It's a little hard for Chris Getz to develop Andrew Vaughn when you give him you know, 55 games in the minors or whatever he had, right? Less than a season. It's a little hard to sit there and say that Kenny Williams is the champion of player development when he basically drafts guys to try and trade them right away for a guy that was really good five years ago. And maybe, just maybe, we'll be sitting here in a year going, hey, you know, we got the best GM in baseball because whatever player you want, Chris gets. <laughs> This episode and every episode of Socks in the Basement brought to you by Cork and Carey at the park in the shadow of the ballpark, uh, a White Sox tradition for fans. I mean, this is a place where people show up before, during, and after the game and have a great time, win, lose, or draw. There aren't any draws. I know. It's baseball. But, I mean, this is the spot to be. Bring the kids over there, the whole family. You know, indoor, outdoor seating, amazing bar, anything you can think of, all kinds of craft beers on there. Our friends over at Hailstorm are on tap over there. Uh, the, the food is great. The burgers are award-winning. And when I say that, I don't say it lightly because I've tried every single burger on that menu to this point, and every single one of them is spectacular. I don't know. I'm going to tell you something right now. Like, people always rave about the food inside the ballpark. Put it up against the food in Cork. I dare you. Okay? It's absolutely incredible. 33rd and Princeton. Shadow of the ballpark. Get on out there and see more at CorkandCarry.com. All right. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Win, lose, or draw. Is that, a, uh, is that a reference to the shooting in the bleachers? Oh, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. That, that, like that. I have theories about that, and and now that I know what happened, I'm I'm astounded that my theory didn't pan out. We're going we're gonna to get to that, okay? But let, let's stick to Chris Getz here for a moment, okay? Let's hope a lot of things stick to Chris Getz. Yeah. Let, let's, let's think about this guy. I want to take the approach as we talk about this today, not as this is an absolute failure and 
I hate this team and sell the team Jerry. I think a lot of that goes already unsaid, right? Like, Jerry Reinsdorf is a problem. We're all looking forward to him selling. And, you know, I don't really buy any of this stuff. Like, he wants a retractable roof and he's moving into Soldier Field. Remember, this is all posturing for him to get the best deal possible. And maybe, maybe, Ed, it's so that he can get the best deal possible so it increases the value of the team because he is going to sell the team. And that would be incredible. Right. I keep using the word incredible today. I must be I must be feeling incredible today, Ed. And I don't know why because Chris Getz is going to be the general manager. So let's see if I can make myself feel incredible about that. Okay, let's let's talk ourselves into Chris Getz. Right. I'm not I'm not I'm going to say this right away. I don't like the hire. I don't like the promotion internally. I'm going to say it. I want to say it loud and clear before I do this. And and I'm I'm not running out and renewing season tickets because good seats will still be available when the season starts next year. And Chris Getz needs to prove to me that he's something different. Understand? Like, if Chris Getz becomes the GM, and either now or in the offseason, I see the nepotism swept out of the building. Kenny Williams Jr. is gone. Daryl Boston's out. Anybody that's, like, been in there that's just been dead weight, scouts are reassigned, new people are hired, Different structures are set up. I see good trades. I see I see manager and general manager working in unison. I hear things like it doesn't matter what your contract is, the best players are going to play. I see I see them try to move things around to to really remake the team instead of saying the same stuff we've always heard. As long as we're healthy, you know, as long as as long as we uh, everybody goes out there and has like the greatest season they could possibly have. You know, we're, we're going to win this whole thing. We're so talented. If I hear that, then it's the same thing. But maybe I see an actual change. And I think that's the thing we're going to have to wait a couple of months on. But the only one, the first thing that makes me think that maybe Chris Getz could be a voice. And I, again, I'm grasping at straws here because I, I just don't want to spend 30 minutes yelling about this because I do think this is absurd. But he is the guy who was in charge of Project Birmingham, if I'm not mistaken. And I thought that was a great that idea. That was his idea. I thought that, yeah. yeah, right? I thought that was a great idea. Ed. Yeah, I, the, the, the Project Birmingham thing is is something that I, my recollection was that this is Chris Getz's brainchild, that this was an attempt to try and jumpstart the development towards the end of a season of some of their top-performing prospects and get, if you don't remember what it was, get some of the guys like Colson Montgomery, who was not in A last year, get him up to Birmingham, get him at a higher level of competition, get him around a higher level of player, and see what the kid can do or at least get him acclimated to it so that when he comes in this year, you know, you have the, the, the promotion at the end of the season and have him do that. But they did that with all of them. Maybe not with the intention of everybody forming the Birmingham Barons this year, but with the intention of giving all of these guys a taste and also seeing what they do as you step them up in competition to help identify what's wrong with their game still, right? So that, when we talked about that in the last offseason and when, when it happened, that was one of those things where you sit there and go, the White Sox are trying something, all right? They're, they're trying something here, and that's that's pretty good. Okay, to, to see something outside the box and some thoughts that are not simply, well, we drafted this guy or we signed this guy internationally or we traded for this guy who's hugely talented and at the next convenient moment we're going to put him in the majors and see what he can do and we're going to develop him at the majors because that same old storyline you're talking about of, you know, if we're healthy 
and if everybody has a career year, that's sort of the, the way of them saying, if we're healthy and if our young guys continue to improve the way we projected them to improve, but do it at the major league level, we could win the whole thing, right? Because they had projections clearly for what they thought Andrew Vaughn could be at the major league level, and he's not it's not what he is, I guarantee you that. They have projections for what Luis Robert Jr. is going to be, what Aloy Jimenez is going to be, what Yohan Moncada was supposed to be. And it, that's really that's the company line, right? But Getz, if he is sitting there going, no, I really want to actually see this happen, and I want to see what my players look like in stepped-up competition and what the young guys look like and where did we go wrong or where did we go right during the year you know, at, at a ball at high a great, you know, that is, that is a good thing. Now I will say this. The other thing that comes to mind with Chris Getz versus Rick Hahn is Chris Getz is actually a baseball player. I know. And that's the thing. He's I've, a guy I've... that, that has actually been around the game and has a sense of what it takes to play the game. Rick Hahn, as you, you and I very often pointed out, you were especially hot on this. Rick Hahn's a lawyer. Right. And that's the thing. Like I, I have thought about that. In fact, it's one of the first things that I've thought about. Well, He's at least a player. He's he's at least somebody who may look at a guy, and even if he looks at a number sheet, will go, yeah, but there's something here, right? Like, he may be able to evaluate better. I don't know if he's going to be able to evaluate better, but, I mean, it's at least something where, like, like here's the thing I always got told about Han, and I got told this by beat reporters, and I got told this by people that were around him a lot, and they would sit there and they would say things like, well, you know, he's a really smart guy, and... He has really learned a lot about the game of baseball while he's been there. And I would always laugh, like, so he didn't really know that much about baseball when he got in there? Like, that's kind of like how it felt. Like, oh, he's really come along in the last 20 years of being around baseball people to understand how the game works. Well, here's a here's a guy in Getz that played it. And, and you know, Billy Bean played it and played it badly and had, you know, some fairly good ideas out there in Oakland. So, there, you know, you might get... A different perspective, like I, you, you might get the that. problem is, is that Kenny Williams also played baseball. I know and played it badly. I know, I know. But Kenny, Kenny's a different personality, right? Kenny's a different personality. I mean, we've heard all this now. All the stuff that we used to talk about with Kenny Williams got confirmed when all of a sudden he wasn't in the building anymore, and people that work for the team couldn't wait to all of a sudden just confirm everything we've been saying for years about the two guys that got fired. Right. Well, there's that. Yeah. Right. They would deny it. They would argue with you. I remember I've been I've argued with people online about it. Like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. No, no, no. We were dead on. I don't know why you were defending them or hiding that information. You know, I find it really funny that all of a sudden people are like, oh, let me tell you this story. Why didn't you report on that story when it was happening? Why, didn't, why wasn't that something that you were telling? Why instead were you saying everything's okay? So, but but back to Getz, Chris, Chris Getz is a player and Chris Getz has tried some things in the minors and, you know, he gets along with the, the manager, and he comes from a system. It is the Royals. They're not very good. So, I, you know, I mean, you might get some kind of different perspective on what you're doing. Again, I mean, like, that's all I've got to hold on to when I look at this guy as the GM. All I've got to hold on to is the hope that I'm going to see something different happen. Like, since he's been up there, we've seen him say, Zach Remillard, you know, you, you did some stuff but you're probably not in the long-term plans. We're sending you down. We've seen him go, I want to see what Corey Lee is after we acquired him. We've seen him go, Brent Honeywell was washed up. I don't know why we picked him up, so I'm DFAing him. Yeah. So he's already had a couple of things that he's done that almost indicate immediately while he's in this interim role that wasn't really announced, but everybody knew it was him that was pulling the strings. 
He's already done a few things that have contradicted a little bit what Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams were doing up until the moment he got in the chair. I need to see a lot more, though. I gotta see, I've got to see real changes. I've got to see coaches who aren't doing anything moved on. I have to see philosophical changes in the organization. I need to see that stuff. I am going to sit back and watch his roster moves as the year ends. Sit back and see, are they wasting time on veterans that aren't coming back? Now that he has the team in his control, what will he do in the offseason? And again, I'm not investing in this team until I see this team invest enough that they can draw the fans back in. If they would have made an outside hire and the person would have had an incredible pedigree or would have come from a winning organization, that would have been a big time to announce on season ticket holder renewal day when they're having this press conference. Like that would have, I, You would have gotten me to go, okay, here we go. Brand new thing. I'd have been in. I'm, I'm a wait and see guy at this point. I don't want to discredit a guy just because he had a bad minor league organization. I w- again, don't think this is the right hire. But I have to at least sit back now and see, is he going to do something inherently different or is it is it pretty much the same thing? And I guess that's what we're all looking for. Yeah. As the White Sox make the switch at who is in charge of baseball operations, uh, you can make a switch to a new age of life for mom and dad, grandma and grandpa. Maybe it's you. Maybe you just had an injury. Maybe your life has changed considerably. Hyatt Home Medical Equipment is going to make it easy. You can get around on your own, live independently, stair lifts, ramps, grab bars, lift chairs, and even bathroom remodeling. They work with your insurance and they have 0% financing for qualified individuals. And if you mention socks in the basement, there's a discount there as well. Uh, If you're using a CPAP machine, a lot of people use them. You don't like your vendor. You got an old one. It's not working right. It's too noisy. Uh, Check out their showroom. Uh, They have testing rooms. You can see the latest in all this stuff. And then continuous glucose monitors. They have the latest in that as well. Uh, See all about them at hhme.com or stop in and visit Hyatt Home Medical Equipment today at 3518 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park. Well, here's a thought, too, okay? So maybe we aren't stuck with Chris Getz in the long term. Maybe somebody can smuggle in a real general manager from outside the park in their belly fat and then smuggle Chris (laughs) Getz back out. This is the story about the shooting. This is incredible. I can't believe this. This, this, this. You can't make this stuff up, really. Peggy Kaczynski is indicating that one of the people grazed snuck the gun into the outfield section. I want to say it was 161 or 162. I'll be honest with you. It's been so mind-boggling to me, the story. Uh, and I don't have it up in front of me because just the, the lore of it is what I really want to go off of. This the, one of the people that were grazed in the stomach. It's because the gun was snuck in in their fat rolls. In their fat rolls, their belly fat rolls. That is the most South Side thing. I mean, think of the fat rolls you must have to walk through security, and the gun doesn't come loose as you're jiggling around walking through the thing. Yeah, because the story goes that they, that she set the the metal detectors off. They wanted her, but because it's it it's like in the rolls. They're not searching. No, they're not going to do that. And I really hope we don't start doing that. Well, like, I don't want to bring my my daughter to a game and they have to pull her off to the side if her necklace goes off and we're going to be like airport security. You know, I mean, like, uh, here's here's the thing. I mean, you're just going to have to pick the games you go to. So like topless Thursdays for everybody (laughs) is going to be the game to go to because, you know, that's the one that's less likely to have the, the snuck in weaponry. Well, here's the other thing. Why were they able to continue with the game? Like, here's, I don't understand the idea of, we haven't gotten into this yet because it happened after the last show. So the, the thing I don't understand is 
if you if you had a suspicion that it came from something like that, or you were sure that the threat was over, then I can understand why you continued playing the game. Because I know everybody's like, well, you know, I mean, if you didn't know there was, if you thought there could still be a threat, of course you should stop the game. What if somebody is shooting from the outside of the stadium? And, you know, you would, you want to save those people from being, you know, harmed or killed or anything like that. So you would, you would stop and you would confirm where the bullet came from, right? This seems like something, I mean, there's an odor after a gun goes off. There, there's, 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 it's, that's like something happens. Everybody goes, well, I don't know where the gun went. Like, I mean, like there's, there's indicators. These guys that are working security are police. This got me to my original theory, which, which didn't pan out. But as a 911 dispatcher, my ears perked when I heard or actually read the transcript that was put out on Twitter by the people that follow these police scanners and they, the call had come out because as a dispatcher for the police for 10 years for the Cook County Sheriff, if there's a shooting, especially in a crowd, but really anywhere where they're, when they're heading to a shooting with somebody who's been hit, it's all hands on deck. Everybody's going and they're chattering on the air. How far out are you? How far out are you? Okay, we're going in this entrance. This is what we're doing. Do we have an update on what's going on? Everybody's going to a shooting. Everybody's going. Like we get, And they're going to protect each other, and they're going to protect the public, right? So they're talking, talking, talking. You know what the, the, the scanner Twitter account said was? That a unit came over and indicated that they were discussing it on phones, and indicated, and they, they weren't doing the chatter on the radio. And man, right away, I was like, they already know who did it. They already know who did it while they're on their way there. And I kept thinking to myself, like, it, it feels like they would know the person. Like, it happened, and somebody made a phone call and said, oh, I screwed up, my gun went off, right? And it could have been a police officer, could have been a VIP, could have been somebody who, when the security guard, who probably is an off-duty Chicago police officer, gets down there and goes, uh-oh, and, they, and, and or notices what happens and calls and says, slow everybody down. Because that's a normal thing you do, too. The moment you identify who did it, you slow down everybody so they don't have an accident with, poor, with a poor woman who's driving down the street in the opposite direction with her kids coming back from the store, and they're screaming in the other direction. It's in every general orders of every police department ever. The moment you have identified what's going on and the scene is secure, you indicate and everybody slows down. So even if they're doing it on their phones, somewhere along the line, it feels like they had more information than what they were saying on their radio band. That's how it felt to me as a dispatcher. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, okay, then I understand why they continued the game because they already had it solved. But then the weirdest thing is they canceled the Vanilla Ice show and they start coming up with this theory that the bullet made its way into the section. Think, Ed, think about this. How many times does the bullet have to actually turn in midair and change directions to work its way around the structure of that field to graze across somebody's belly as they're facing towards the field? It was never plausible. It was like the second bullet that hit Kennedy. Back and to the left. Back and to the left. Right. It, it somehow, you know, went through him, stopped, made a right turn, went through the governor, then went back into Kennedy, went off his wrist, went through his neck, went out and had a margarita, and came back again. This bullet was a Michael Kopech slider, my friend. Right? It was the magic bullet. So, I mean, like, to me, the story gets even crazier. 
And I, I, I don't understand why there was so much like confusion over this thing. I mean, my, my son had a, has a friend who's on his hockey team in high school who was sitting in the section. He said there was an audible pop. There were all kinds of witnesses who heard it go off, all right? It was, it was mind-boggling to me if you spoke to somebody that was in the section that, that people were, were acting like that they were acting like they didn't know it came from there, okay? You've got all these people. They heard the pop because he heard it. He told my son right away. He's like, I heard the pop go off. I heard something go off. And then everybody started yelling, right? So, I mean, it, it's such a weird thing. And, you know, in a weird, in a weird season, in, in a messed up season, the whole situation is just another black eye on this organization. The, the, the billionaire probably doesn't care. But I mean, like, I, I, again, it's just, it's so messed up. But when I told you that, I was like, you know, they don't, they don't stop talking on the radio band unless they know something when they're approaching. Because that's how they communicate with each other for their own safety and the safety of other people. And when I read that on the, on the scanner Twitter thing that says that so-and-so came over and said that they're, he's on the phone or whatever, and, and they weren't sharing everything. And I, you know, I haven't heard the actual audio, so I'm just going off of that. That's the first thing I thought of. I was like, oh man, that's, they normally know something as they're approaching at that point. And they have somebody on scene advising them, but they're not for some reason talking about it on the air, which is, which is weird to me and would indicate they already felt everything was secure. So that's why I didn't understand the stuff that happened afterwards. It was really strange, Ed. Right. Hailstorm Brewing Company is the official brewery of Socks in the Basement. They have a scratch kitchen. It's now open 11 a.m. for lunch on Tuesday through Sunday. The uh, smoked wings are the best thing on that menu, but everything on it is really good. They have shareables. They have things that can be for meals. Uh, you get out there, they have specials uh, during lunch. It's a great place to get together. It's a big German beer hall. It's got the entire brewery working all day long, and the tap room has been upgraded recently. Uh, the outdoor patio is, is great with the fire pits. They get live music on the weekends. Uh, this is a brewery you want to visit. If you're going beer hunting, they have a lot of selections and they're always changing it up over there their brewer will turner is one of the best on the south side if not in all of chicagoland uh tinley park 8060 186th street right off of 80th avenue uh you can see more at hailstormbrewing.com see now bringing in hailstorm beer cans that's a way to use your belly rolls right right like here like, not a, not a gun i this is what this is what baffles me why do you need the gun ed why do you go to the ball game and you say you know what i'm gonna pack tonight I'm going to roll it right underneath my fat. How big was this person? Well, uh, yeah, and, and the only thing I can think of is, is that this was this was an assassination attempt on vanilla ice. That's why you could finish the, the game, but you have to cancel the vanilla ice concert afterwards, right? Somebody somebody is still, you know, still upset over yeah. stealing under pressure's yeah. baseline for Ice Ice Baby. You know, I, that that's that's a theory, I guess. I mean, we'll probably never know. But the, the 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 thing that has me the most bothered, besides the fact that people got hurt in this situation, is oh somebody could have died. That, I mean, think about this: somebody could have died. Yeah. This idiot could have killed. Imagine if they, this this goes off and it hits some poor like ten year old sitting in the stands. Like this is just. I mean, like it is uh, that, sickening. That's what's terrible about this, right? We're it, making we're we're making a light of it because it's ridiculous that there's a gun underneath somebody's belly fat. And how screwed up the entire thing was and all the information that came out made no sense. And the White Sox and even the police department looks bad. And that's coming from somebody who's got a father who's 34 years in, as a Chicago PD. And I worked I worked 10 in the dispatch center for Cook County. And they look bad with the information that's going out over the entire thing. I understand you have to have an investigation. But, like, the way that things trickled out in this whole thing, I mean, kind of a mess. Right. But, I mean, thank goodness. Thank goodness this didn't kill some poor little kid. Well, and... 
and, and it's it's you know again not to make light of of the situation too much but it is kind of fortunate that it happens at a game when the socks are terrible there's very few people around i mean if if the, the place is packed that's where this becomes are, are you the potential saying, for tragedy are you saying rick Hahn and kenny williams saved lives this year Yoan Moncada with his poor play may have been the reason. Like in an alternate universe, it's a lot worse. But thank goodness his team sucked this year. So Doctor Strange is sitting there. There's one in 14 million, and it involves the White Sox being absolutely terrible in a year that they're supposed to compete. Kind of how it feels. And he looks and he looks at Rick and Kenny, and just gives him the nod that this is the one. Oh gosh, somebody's got to make that video and put it online. <laughs> I somebody much more talented than me. I can write this stuff, but I can't. I can't produce it. Yeah, we've. We've gone down the rabbit hole here on this one, but I yeah, mean, it but, is, but it is, it is, it, it is one of those things where you know the, the the thing that we can say thankfully is, is that nobody was seriously injured, nobody was killed. Um, but what what kills me about it happening in this season too is is the the organization now looks so bad. It, it just looks so bad from from the standpoint of what's on the field, what's going on in the stands, the controversy about whether or not they're going to move out of that stadium and try and find somewhere else to to play. Uh, all the sell the team stuff, having to fire Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams, it just the the whole clown show that has been the Chicago White Sox in 2023, and you get something like this in there, it it really does make it harder to to sit there with pride and say that I'm a fan of this this ball club. Um, I mean, I, you know, I, I can joke that, uh, you know, Vanilla Ice you know, wanted to see a, a woman who could shoot bullets out of her belly and maybe a bit of a chubby chaser, you know, that's that's casting aspersions on my part, and there's no way that that's true. And we can joke about, you know, smuggling Chris Getz in and out of there, you know, in somebody else's belly fat, but the reality is is that, you know, there's even conflicting reports as to whether or not the metal detectors went off, right? So you're sitting there saying, hey, it's, it's you know, this is a family-friendly ballpark is what we're supposed to be hearing, right? You got the family Sundays, and... Here's a shooting in the stands. It looks awful. And the, the poor response to it and the poor security response to it, the poor Chicago police response to it, the the fact that there was no real coherent statement as to what had happened and what was going on. And then you you have all of the other stuff that's going on in the organization. It, it, it's if, if Jerry is really as worried about optics as he kind of claimed he was in the firing of Rick and Kenny – then there should be more overhauls going on here. And I'm sorry, building a new stadium isn't going to change this kind of a thing. The only thing that's good is well, that's they, why. But that's why they're announcing this thing with Getz right, this week. Right. Okay. Things are so bad. They probably wanted to wait another two, three weeks to do this, and they're hurrying up and getting getting the other thing off off the news pages. I found I found the tweet because I know I said that thing, and I want to make sure people know like what tweet I, I had. There's a there's a there's a Twitter page called 16th and 17th District Chicago Police, and they put out what's on the scanners, right? Yeah. And then they retweeted one from something called Spot News that was doing a play by play and putting it out as it was happening when it first started the break. And the question from dispatch was, can you give me an update of what's going on over by the Sox game? And 960 doesn't want to give it over the air. If you want to call me, I can give you an update. I got info. And then there was, I, I'm kind of busy. I can't call. There, there, for some reason, it wasn't being sent over the air. And that was a thing that set off my alarm. Like, why? Because that's what the radios are for. So there's a reason why they're not doing that. But in the end, it turns out it's just some some person who got in with one like again, this is this is just the oddest, 
most ridiculous story, and it goes back to my tweet that I sent out the moment that it happened. The, the moment that it happened, I wrote it, I wrote that it is clearly easier to sneak a gun into the 100 level than to get your buddy down there with a 500 level ticket. And I mean, that's why they're a laughing stock. Yeah. Think of all the things that they do that make no sense in that stadium. And then, and then look at how something like this happens. But I mean, like this is the, this is the thing really though, right? When you, when you get upset about this as a fan, it's because it's indicative of how the place is run from the top down. From the very top down, whether it be stuff that comes out from their Twitter account or their PR department or what happens when giveaway days or getting people in and out of the ballpark in a timely fashion or how the parking is run or how the streets are set up around the place or why they run out of food at the concession stands or why when I went to Game 3 in 2021... That, uh, that they had everything open, and in Game 4, they had nothing because they didn't expect them to win Game 3. Every single thing about this team is run terribly. And it all starts with the guy who owns the place, right? Because he hired all of the people in charge of these different departments. You, it's not even like you got one department. It's not like it's just the team or it's just the stadium operations. There's there, You just see a problem almost every week with this team. Jerry, you are out of touch and too in love with people that have been in the building for so long that you treat them like family, and they're actually not good at their jobs, okay? Because because the, if the place was being run correctly, you would have less of these problems. Like, every business, every ballpark has problems. You saw what happened in Colorado. They, they, how does Acuna Jr. have one guy hug him, let alone a second guy run up and jump on him and knock him on the ground the other night, while there's two security guards standing next to Acuna Jr.? Like, that, somebody needs to be retrained. You're lucky he got up laughing and not with a broken leg in the playoff race. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean. Or the guy didn't have a knife. You know, I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, 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 trust me, every organization has problems. All of them do. Serious questions need to be asked about security and their response and how they handle the guy on the field with Acuna Jr. Serious questions about the idea that you get the guy and he's hugging and that's fine. But why wasn't anybody watching the second guy? How does he get there when you've already noticed the first guy? But the thing is, that's their only problem right now. Well, and the fact that they stink, too. But the, that's the Rockies. They've always stunk. Yeah, do they Do they have the same kind of organizational problems? I mean, maybe you can't get into their ballpark either. Maybe they don't let upper deck people come down to the lower deck, but you could still sneak a gun in underneath your belly fat at, 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 in Colorado. I don't know. Maybe they're just as bad. I don't think they are. I, I don't think there's... You can't sneak a gun in your belly fat in Colorado. I don't think fat people <laughs> yeah, are allowed in man. Colorado, just as a state. There's going to be a brand new thick girls policy when you go through. Okay, ladies, I'm sorry. <laughs> My goodness, the craziest thing, the craziest thing. Yeah, and, uh, all of us with all of us with a belly, uh, just get ready, get ready when you go to the ballpark. Oh yeah, you're getting frisked, buddy. I'm you're totally getting frisked. frisked. White Sox fans, go on, go on a diet so you can go through the I, thin that's person's what I'm, line. I'm doing. That's I'm, all I'm, I'm saying. Go on a diet between now and opening day, <laughs> just so I can go through the skinny person's line. <laughs> Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on socksinthebasement.com.